0: Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Tell Us a Good Story. Today, we have an amazing conversation for you with Tom Ziegler, the proud son of Zig Ziegler and the CEO of Ziegler Inc. For those of you who may not be familiar with the Ziegler company, Zig Ziegler was a world-famous motivational speaker, and they believe he reached over 250 million people during his lifetime with his books and speeches.
1: I could not wait to ask Tom if Zig was ever his like Little League baseball coach. <laughs> yes. Can you imagine how motivated you would be during that practice or game
0: t-ball team like getting fired up to take the field
1: (laughs) it would be awesome and i loved his story he told about colin powell
0: that was probably my favorite story in the entire conversation mine
1: too we can't wait for you guys to hear this episode with tom Ziegler. i'm kevin and i'm stephanie and
0: during our marriage we have dealt with an electrocution a brain tumor brain surgery
1: then doctors telling us that children were not in our future
0: step yeah i am so, so excited
1: <laughs> i'm so ready
0: you're already yelling at the guest i, guests, I, I know he yeah. actually
1: asked if i drink coffee and i don't i don't i so. can't imagine
0: you with coffee i
1: know that wouldn't be good that would not be good no. you're
0: already at an 11
1: i'm so excited about this though
0: well friends our next guest has a last name known all over the world. He is an accomplished public speaker, sales trainer, business coach, and CEO of Ziggler Inc. He is the proud son of Zig Ziggler and in charge of carrying on his father's legacy. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Tell Us a Good Story, Mr. Tom Ziggler. Tom Ziggler is
2: here! Yay! You guys get me excited.
1: Oh, good. I'm ready to be motivated. I've already told him twice that I can't wait to be motivated. So I'm super, super excited about this.
0: First off, thank you for saying yes to us. Thank you. Second, do you mind if we ask you a couple questions about your dad before we start talking about you? I love that. Absolutely. So can you just give a brief summary of who your dad was? Because some of our younger listeners may not remember who Zig Ziglar was.
2: You bet. So uh, dad passed away nine years ago, and he's mainly noted as a speaker and author. Uh, He wrote 45 books. See You at the Top was the number one bestseller, first one that kind of put him on the map. Millions of those sold. Uh, Born to Win was the last book that he wrote while he was still here. And now I think 10 books have come out since he passed away. What? Yeah.
0: So you just transcribed the speeches he gave?
2: We're transcribing some of the speeches and turning those into books. We estimate that he impacted 250 million people through his speaking, through his writing. There was a 30-year span where he spoke at least 30 times a year to an average audience of over 12,000.
0: Oh, my gosh. Average audience of over 12,000. That's,
2: that's a lot. There were years where he did 100 speeches, but the, you know that was back in the early days. We have over 6 million people uh, following us on Facebook, the Zig Ziglar fan page. I saw that. And if you hear a quote and you don't know who said it, if it's a good quote, it was probably Zig
0: Zig. You're like, that sounds familiar.
2: (laughs) Just an amazing legacy. And I'm blessed every day to follow in that.
1: When you read a quote, do you remember your dad saying that to you growing up? Or was it more in his speeches?
2: Both. Most of them from the writings or his speeches. I'll tell you, I'm going to tell you two stories. So don't let me forget the second one. Okay. When I was early in my career and I'd had a bad day at the office and I'd gotten uh, chewed out for something that that wasn't my fault, you know how that happens sometimes?
0: (laughs) Yes. That happens with me and Steph all the time, Tom.
1: He deserves it though. (laughs) He deserves it.
2: (laughs) So I come home and I tell dad the story and he looked at me and he said, son, just remember for some people, the only taste of success they have is when they take a bite out of someone else.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: So that was one of his sayings and something that he shared directly with me. So it, at the end of dad's, here's the second story. At the end of dad's life, he had Alzheimer's and okay. he couldn't remember what he said. And so he would, he would say, Hey, do you know my favorite story? Do you know my favorite joke? And of course, at that time in his life, we were like, no, tell us. Right. Cause it was just, <laughs> and uh, he'd get the big grin. And so he, he'd say, well, son. God don't make no junk. And thanks to your mother, neither do I. (laughs) And he he said that, you know, God don't make no junk. That's pretty famous. And I don't think dad originally said it, Uh, but that was at a time in his life when he would really struggle to put thoughts together. So I knew when he told me he'd been thinking about that for a long time and he'd really been rehearsing it. So when somebody says, what's your favorite Zig Ziglar quote, that's the
0: one. So at what point, Tom, did you realize, okay, my dad is a rock star when it comes to like the corporate world. When did that take place? Oh my gosh.
2: There was a couple of moments like that and it just kept evolving. I remember when I first started flying with him and I was probably in my twenties and we did an event in Louisville, Kentucky, Okay, small airport. And we get to the gate and the gate agent's like, Mr. Ziegler, how are you doing? And they're like carrying on. That's when I realized he traveled a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right. Louisville's not like on the normal route when you live in Dallas, right? You, you have to be there. And then everywhere we would go, people would, you know, recognize him and and talk to him. And usually they wouldn't recognize his face, they'd recognize his voice.
0: Oh, so, okay.
2: So we would sit down in a place and and then he would start talking and I would see heads turn, right? And that's because it was his voice this was another realization. When dad passed away, we had 13,000 comments on Facebook. Oh my goodness. And these comments were paragraphs. I mean, it wasn't like uh, rest in peace, Zig. It was like paragraph after paragraph. And so reading them, we started to see a theme. And the theme was this, gosh, I saw you the first time in 1984, 1992, 2001, whatever the date was. And then they would say, and I was in a room of 10,000 people, 6,000 people, 18,000 people. And then they said, and I waited in line to get your autograph for two hours, three hours. But when I spoke to you, even though it was only a minute, it was like I was the only person in the room. Wow. And we're read that over and over and over again. And I just, you know, there's so many people who aspire to be like dad, like Zig Ziglar speaking or, you know, impact or influence or whatever. And I just remind them, Hey, none of us can be Zig Ziglar on stage, but we can all be Zig Ziglar one-on-one. Oh, that's oh, good. Oh,
1: That's good, Tom.
2: And now everywhere I travel, I I get a Zig story from somebody. So it's, it's just amazing.
1: Hello, friends. We just wanted to take a moment here to say thank you to all of you loyal listeners.
0: That's right. We just found out that Tell Us a Good Story is now in the top 2% of all podcasts worldwide. And that's because of you sharing us with your family and friends on social media and giving us positive reviews on the Apple Podcast app and all the other platforms. So please keep it up.
1: And to get more information about us or our entire catalog of episodes, be sure to check us out at KevinAndSteph.com. Thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story. What's your favorite Zig story?
2: Oh, I have too many. Gosh. So last week, I get an email from a guy and in his 70s. And he says, hey, I just wanted to let you know, da 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 da, da And he starts telling me. And I'm like, I got to talk to this guy. So we set up a call and I talked to him. And he's like, your dad changed my family legacy. So back in the early 80s, late 70s, somebody gave him a set of tapes. He went to a Zig event. He accepted Christ. Alcoholism was rampant in his family. And so he decided to quit drinking. So now all of his kids are successful. They're the only branch of the family that's really living that out. And he's just telling me one thing after another that happened because they heard dad speak. And that's not an unusual story. We get those all the time. And so that as a combination of things, that's what I love is I love the before and after. And usually uh, it's people who've had incredible challenges in their life that needed that hope to try something different. And because of dad's own story and all the struggle that he went through, they gave it a try and it changed their life.
0: So can I be honest with you for a second? So I've worked in Fortune 500 companies. I have sat through town hall meetings and listened to executives and listened to corporate speak. And I have heard a lot of motivational speakers, not named Ziegler, not named Bob O'Dean, okay? (laughs) I I should put that disclaimer in there, Tom. But I'm like, I'm sitting there in the audience. I'm like, okay, this person is full of you know what. And this person likes to hear themselves talk But when I was listening to the comments you make You say, my dad was really good on stage, but he was even better off the stage. Can you you talk about what he was like, I guess, as a dad, that he was truly that humble of a man off the stage?
2: Yeah, of course. He was an introvert off stage, which is kind of interesting. Most people don't see that. Now, he had charisma, and he would come alive around other people. Just to give you kind of an inside kind of story, when we would, I was, Luby's Cafeteria was a big deal in the South. I don't know if you've ever had the privilege of eating at a Luby's Cafeteria, but I was winged at Luby's. So from the time I was an early child, mom would say, let's eat. We'd go get in the car. So (laughs) So we'd go to Luby's and with mom and dad, so, and mom would start hugging everybody. So she was friends with the cashier and the lady who put the, who pushed the tea card around and the, you know, the whole staff. And then we go down the cafeteria line and dad would give a motivational mini talk to every server in the line. So much to the point where he would have to tell them that's enough, right? Because <laughs> they would just keep loading up his plate because it's a cafeteria. <laughs> they put it on the plate and that's just the way he was wherever we went. Right. He was always giving an encouraging word and then growing up at home, he, he told me and my sisters, he said, you know, whatever you want to do, I'll support it. Just make sure you do it with 100% integrity and 100% effort. So he was in it for us. There wasn't this pre-planned, hey, here's your life. Here's what you're going to do. Here's what you're going to study. Here's what the business you're going to do. It was, if you're passionate about it and you're going to do it, do it 100% effort, 100% integrity. And so we always had that support.
1: I want to know if he ever coached, like, your Little League team. Because I bet those players could all hit home runs by the end of the season. I
0: don't know if they'd be good, but they'd be, like, super aggressive, They though. would
1: be like, we can do it all. Oh, we're going to be amazing this year. So did he coach?
0: He did not.
2: He traveled too much. Oh. So he was
1: already traveling when you were in sports.
2: Oh, yeah. So okay. when I was growing up, he was traveling He would usually make the games on the weekend, uh, but practice, he couldn't have done practice. So here's a memory. So when I was a kid, like seven, eight, nine years old, I was on a soccer team. I can't remember the name of our team. We'll just call them the Tornadoes. Okay. (laughs) So the ball would go out of bounds, and it didn't matter who kicked it out of bounds or how it got out of bounds. Dad would would yell, Tornadoes, ball, the whole game.
0: (laughs) No matter. the umpire could have kicked it out and he's killing
2: he's it and so i'm just a kid going <laughs> okay your voice carries three fields over because that's his voice right but he's you know so he was watching every every move of the game uh, and he would just have <laughs> had to tell him not to do that the referees would just start giving him the eye so.
0: oh that's funny okay so your dad has shared the stage with u.s presidents and world leaders and all these celebrities and and you have shared the stage as well with some big names has there ever been a moment where you're like oh my gosh i can't believe i met this person or this just happened did you ever have any of those moments at a uh, a conference or anything
2: i'll tell you uh, another story so dad would do these events and Colin powell and laura bush and w and and a bunch of these uh, well-known people were on all these events So dad was speaking, and I think it was just outside of Washington, D.C., and they had Gorbachev, Margaret Thatcher, and Colin Powell on the same program. So they had a dinner. So imagine Gorbachev, Thatcher, Colin Powell, Zig Ziglar. I wasn't there. And it was a oak-lined, fancy, high-end hotel, private room, white-gloved waiters, the whole nine yards dad comes back and he's telling the story. He says at the end, they brought a photographer in and they're taking pictures. And Colin Powell looks over and there is this African-American busboy who's been working the whole night. And Colin Powell looks at him and says, son, do you want to take a picture? So dad said, this kid's eyes got huge because like he's in awe. And so he comes over and then Colin Powell says to him, son, take your gloves off. So in that context, wearing white gloves means you're a servant, right? It means you're serving. And so Colin Powell looked at the least of these, brought him up to his level, and then said, take your gloves off, we're equal here, and took the picture. And that was the kind of stories that I got from dad and all these things. And so when I meet people, it's like I've got this standard of yeah, but how are you walking it out? I mean, you've got, the, you're a legend, you know, and everybody knows, but, but what are you doing? Right. At that, at that level. And so Colin Powell is a leader. I'm like, you know what? I'm following that guy.
0: No <laughs> kidding. Like, right. No kidding. All right, Steph, I've got a question for you. What's your favorite book of all time?
1: Uh, obviously, you met her where? Oh,
0: I thought you am going to say the Bible.
1: Oh, oops. <laughs> oh
0: what's your second favorite book of all time
1: you met her where
0: a <laughs> distant <laughs> second totally distant it's a pretty good book
1: sorry god it's still a
0: pretty, pretty good was. book but we're so excited where can people get our book honey
1: okay i know this uh amazon.com yes barnes noble yes and and our website kevinsteph.com and, and, and
0: what happens if they buy it off our website <gasps> uh, what do they get
1: Uh, an autograph from us. Yes. Who wouldn't want that?
0: So listeners, if you've already read the book, thank you so much. We've had such good feedback. One thing that helps us, if you can give us a review on amazon.com, we would greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening. All right, Tom. So if you don't mind, for all of our guests, I like to give a list of fun facts to let listeners know what you have done. And also inform my wife as well of what you've accomplished, okay, and done. All right, so Steph. Yes. Tom here is a graduate of Austin College, which actually to my surprise is not in Austin, Texas.
1: Wouldn't have thought that. I
0: wouldn't have either, that's like false advertisement. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually in Sherman, Texas. Got his bachelor's degree in political science. Tom here was an accomplished golfer at a young age and actually planned to turn pro. His golf coach was the legendary Hank Haney, who is also the golf coach of – you want to guess? Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods.
1: Wow.
2: Yeah, nobody would have heard of Tiger if I hadn't been coached by him.
0: (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Did, Did you ever meet him or ever play around with him? With Tiger? No. No. So Tom here, like I mentioned, is an accomplished public speaker, sales trainer, business coach in his own right and has carried on his father's legacy as CEO of Ziegler Inc. He joined Zig Ziegler Corporation in 1987 and climbed from working in the warehouse to sales, to management, and then on to leadership. Okay, so I just yeah let's let's back up a second. You started in the warehouse, Tom. What are you doing? Are you driving a forklift? Are you loading the trucks? What did they have you doing there in the warehouse?
2: So back then... Uh, When nobody was looking, I probably did drive the forklift, uh, (laughs) mainly shipping, packing and shipping. And then when I moved to production, we reproduced our own audio cassette tapes and VHS. So if anybody's listening and they've got a Zig Ziglar audio cassette, my fingerprints might be on it. I was the guy who put the label on that thing.
0: Thousands of labels. So today he speaks around the world. He hosts The Ziegler Show, one of the top-ranked business podcasts, and carries on the Ziegler philosophy, you can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Then Tom here has written multiple books, including Born to Win, Choose to Win, and his brand new book that's out now called 10 Leadership Virtues for Disruptive Times.
1: That's big for right now.
0: So Tom and his wife have one daughter, reside in Plano, Texas. And just amazing how he has carried on the legacy. And one thing I was telling Steph, there, there's two two things I'd like to share. First off, back in ninety nine, I've heard you say you made a what you would call a, a monumental catastrophic decision, right? In regards to you set up a new line of business and within a year it folded. And you talk about how it put the company in like two and a half million dollars of debt. And you were able to dig out of that, obviously. But you had said at one point that all of a sudden that's when God showed up, or then we saw some miracles take place in the company. Can you share some stories about what happened during that time where you felt like a miracle happened to save the company?
2: Yeah. So we made a <laughs> a first grade business mistake. We launched the new business on the back of a successful business. Okay. So we started funding it. We got some outside investors, not a lot, but we, we got some. So the business. It took off fast and then it, it just stopped. And we kept spending money, spending money, spending money. And then within a year, two and a half million dollars in debt. And it was a direct sales business. And so we had about 3,000 distributors at that time. And I had to tell them all, hey, we don't have an opportunity anymore. And then going home to dad thinking, gosh, dad spent his whole life building his reputation. <laughs> it took me less than a year to crater it. And then uh, remember the old Nokia phones?
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes.
2: So my day day went like this. I'd get to the office at 730. I'd close the door and that Nokia phone would ring all day long.
0: Oh, no. With
2: with people wanting money. And so I can hear that ringtone and my stomach turns to this day. I bet. And so I remember going to talk with dad. What are we going to do? And he kept looking at me. It's like his attitude, his demeanor, nothing changed. He's like, oh, it's going to work out. We're going to do this, we're going to do that. And so we started putting the plans together. And then through our contacts, I was able to work out a spokesperson agreement with a company in the same industry that we just left. Right. And that ended up being about a $1.4 million agreement. Wow. So I come back to the office and at the same exact time, I get a call from the bank and the bank says, Hey, The stock market has gone down. Uh, Your dad has borrowed against his, you know, basically his savings to fund this. And so uh, we need a million dollars or we're going to have to call the loans. (laughs) And I had literally had just gotten a a check for a million dollars. That day. Yeah. Like within hours, we gotten a couple hundred thousand dollars when we signed it and the rest of it was being wired. And then exactly the amount of money we needed, we had, I mean, unless God's involved, that just doesn't happen. Right. You know, it just doesn't happen.
0: The timing of it. But Tom, the thing with your role with leading this company, it's not, it's not just that you're an executive and a CEO. You've also got your father's name to it. You've got skin in the game, your family. And so you feel the pressure of your dad. So there's even more stress going into it, feeling like you let your dad down and all that. And then you get, like you said, miracle on the timing exact day exact hour when you needed it
1: that's pretty cool
0: that is very cool Mm
1: -hmm. kevin do you like to help your friends out
0: it depends if our friends are asking me to help them move then no i absolutely do not (laughs) like to help my friends out
1: but what if your friend had a weekly radio show and podcast and just wanted you to tell someone about it.
0: Yes, I could totally do that. That is much easier than me trying to carry a piano down into a basement, which has happened to me in the past, and you know who you are.
1: (laughs) Friends, we are not asking you to carry a piano for us. But if you like what you hear, please tell someone about us. As soon as this episode is over, go tell your spouse, your closest friend, a parent, a coworker, or share one of our posts on social media.
0: However, if you don't like what you're hearing, please do not.
1: Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anybody.
0: Just disregard this message. Don't worry about Forget it. Forget about us. Yeah. Go on with your merry day.
1: And to get more information about us or our entire catalog of episodes, be sure to check us out at kevinandsteph.com. Thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story.
0: So the other story I'd like you to share, and I mentioned this briefly to Steph, you were quoting somebody, Tom, and you had said, the most important story we'll ever hear is the story we tell ourselves. And then in your book, Born to Win, you talk about a story about two identical twins, Right. And the perception they had of themselves. Can you share that story with staff and, and the importance of perception?
2: Yeah. And it's really everything. And this is, gosh, it's such a compass type story for the time we're in right now. You know, the world calls it the great resignation. I call it the great reimagination. People's values are, are back centered around the core things family and faith and physical health. And work is important, but it's not the end all, be all, do all. So in the book, Born to Win, the story is of these two twins, identical twins, and they were doing an interview with them. And the first one they interview, this one is in prison. And he'd done a lot of things and he was in prison for a long time. And they asked him, why are you in prison? And he says, well, what do you expect? My father was an alcoholic. He left the home. He abused our mother. He abused us. He was a criminal as well. Of course, I'm going to end up in prison. That's what my father taught me. So then they go and they interview his identical twin brother. And they say, well, tell us about your life. I mean, you're a leading philanthropic business leader in the community. You give millions of dollars away. Uh, You're always helping those who are less fortunate. You've got thriving businesses. How do you explain that? And he said, well, you know my father was an alcoholic he was abusive he he abused me and my brother he abused my mother uh, he was a criminal so why wouldn't i end up here i've spent my whole life trying to be the opposite of my father
1: mm. <laughs> wow perspective
2: and that's where we are the whole country maybe even the whole world we know that the future is uncertain right right and now it's even more apparent because people we love and family and people who shouldn't have been impacted uh, during this time. And so that's made people reflect back and say, what's really important? You know, what really matters? I want to work for something bigger than myself. I want to leave a a legacy. I want to make a difference.
0: Well, before we let you go, can you please tell us about your new book that you have, 10 Leadership Virtues for Disruptive Times? And I know you've been working on this for the past like year and a half. Can you tell us about that book?
2: So I had a book due from the publisher, Thomas Nelson's the publisher, and it was supposed to basically have it turned in by the end of 2019. And they said, you know what, let's wait a little while. And so I was about 20% into it, writing it, and then the pandemic hit. And so we're all at home. Right. I got five texts in a row from speaking engagements, all canceling me on the same day. And I thought, gosh, I'm the most unpopular speaker in the world. (laughs)
0: Don't take it personal. (laughs) Five
2: people who don't know each other all decided to fire me on the same day. (laughs) Didn't have anything to do with me. Uh, I did have a pity party. And and then the voice in my head, which was probably God and sounds like Zig Ziglar, said, wait a second. (laughs) You're not in the speaking business. You're in the life-changing business. And there's a difference because we can change lives in any position we're in. So I started studying what's going on in the business world. What are all the changes? So all these changes are happening and people are wanting autonomy. <laughs> Have you seen the Amazon commercial where they say, if you want to work two hours a day, call us. If you want to work midnight to 6 a.m., call us. If you want us to pay for your college, call us, right? They're appealing to this thing called autonomy. That's what, that's what people want. But if I'm running a business, if I'm a leader then how do I organize a lot of people who want autonomy to get a mission done? And that's what the book is really about. 10 Leadership Virtues for Disruptive Times. How can I lead a group of people recognizing their quality of life, helping them be, do, and have more than they thought possible, developing each person on my team? And so the book really talks about the mindset that we need to have in order to lead and then the virtues that we need to demonstrate and then we teach a very specific coaching process okay. that helps develop people on your team.
0: Well, listeners, for more information about Tom, you can go to his Instagram, the Zig Ziglar, their Facebook page, Zig Ziglar, or the website, ziglar.com. Get their book on that website or on Amazon or anywhere where great books are sold.
1: I have one more question. Can I get one more question? <laughs> where did your dad get the name Zig.
2: Okay, so that's another great story. Uh, Dad was the 10th of 12. All of his brothers had names that started with an H. Okay. Houston, Huey, Horace, Hubert, Huell, and dad's name was Hillary. No. So his full name is Hillary Hinton. I saw that. So when you grow up with a name like Hillary Hinton...
0: You're gonna change it,
2: <laughs> and people start calling you Ziggy or Zig because of a nickname. You keep it, and I think it ended up being maybe the greatest stage name
0: ever. I mean,
2: there's only one Zig
0: Zigler, right?
1: You're right. right. Oh, hands
0: absolutely.
1: down, absolutely. That was a wise choice on his part. Yes, to change. That was that
0: was a good branding <laughs> choice by Zig. That's for sure. <gasps> well, Tom, you are absolutely fantastic, sir. Thank you so much for joining us here. Thanks,
1: Tom.
2: Thanks, guys. You guys are awesome.
0: Friends, we want to encourage you to please follow us wherever you listen to this, whether it's on the Apple Podcast app, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or one of the other platforms. You
1: guys, it's completely free. And while you're there, feel free to give us a rating or a nice review.
0: Thank you for listening to
1: Tell Us a Good Story.